Welcome to the Fergus Falls Business Spotlight Podcast, the show that takes a deep dive into local businesses and the individuals that run our community. To guide you along the way, here's your host, Jacob Bittner. Oh, this is fun. This is going to be a fun one because I wasn't expecting this to happen on my trip. I kind of left Fergus, went out to go on a take a month away and I was kind of I pre-recorded a bunch of episodes of this Fergus Falls Business Spotlight podcast just with the idea that I could just step away from it for like a month but then the opportunity arose to sit down here with these two as I was coming through Minneapolis St. Paul here I've got Reed Cole and Aaron Link how are you guys doing today feeling good feeling doing good well. so we're going to talk thicket what is it thicket is the name of the company it's a film production you guys do all kinds of different stuff that we're going to unpack. I'm pretty excited to hear about it, how it started, because you got two Fergus boys that are off in the big city, making a big making a big production out of their life and doing something really, really cool. Um, so I'm really, really excited to get into it. Before we do, we brewed up some Stumbino's coffee. We sure did. I brought some Stumbino's. Stumbino's is the original sponsor of the Fergus Falls Business Spotlight, as well as, you know, they sent me down the road with a bunch of coffee for this road trip I'm going on. Um, just great, great, great people, Greg and Jenny. I can't say enough about, um, I mean, I don't think there's a single thing in my life that is like better than waking up with like a really, really good cup of coffee in the morning. It just starts your day off. Right. You were, you were trying to brew some caribou coffee in here and I shut that down right away. I was like, I see what you're trying to do here, but let me run out to my car. Let me get the good stuff Mostly, and bring it in. The, the thing you don't know is that Caribou is one of our clients. So, oh. you know, we were, you know, no, we're not throwing any sponsorships out here on your podcast, but, you know, we <laughs> hey, do have a few bags of my, Caribou. My mom around. is in the Caribou corporate structure oh, chain. Sure. She, she runs a Caribou uh, coffee shop, too. I don't have anything bad to say about them, um, but if you want the best coffee, you better be drinking Stumbino's. Stumbino's.com. You can order it online and get it shipped anywhere in the country so if you're listening to this from st paul uh or anywhere else where else surrounding areas don't feel like you have to drive to fergus falls minnesota to get some stumbinos you can certainly get it anywhere so um on top of stumbinos shout out to swan lake resort and campground um their season is wrapping up here coming to an end but those guys have been really really huge supporters um since the beginning to um and then elevate dispensary victor lundin's company uh hotel eight and biffley's bookmark uh this episode, I think, is going to come out probably not till October, maybe second week of October sometime. But um, today is September 11th that we're recording this, and I, Bob from uh, Biffley's brought me to the Vikings game. So I feel like I've officially made it. I mean, I got my podcast sponsors. Wait, the Vikings game or the Biffley sponsorship? What do you mean? You've made it. I've, I've made it in the sense that I have a podcast sponsor bringing me to season opener, like with his using his season tickets to bring me to the season opener of the Vikings game. Like, yeah. I mean, is that just like, that might be the peak of my existence as far as podcast sponsorships go, but I feel like I've officially made it now. So it's great. It's fun experience, even though the Vikings lost, but it was a fun time. So, but anyways, I'm here. We're going to talk thicket film with these two. Uh, whoever wants to go first, Pretend like the listeners know nothing about you and kind of start with your personal background a little bit. Unpack who you guys are and uh, and then we'll get into some other stuff. Go ahead. Well, so here's the thing you need to learn first off. Aaron Link and I, we're just a married couple at this point. Um, so the, the path is intertwined. But I grew up in Fergus Falls, proud Fergus Fallian. Is that how we say that? It is now. Okay. You coined it. Hell yeah. I like it. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I, um, my mother and father both kind of grew up in the area, area, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great place to explore, not only physically, but creatively. Mm. That's what I did. Childhood was just figuring out what project I could do next. So what did you, what did you like, what was your first job in Fergus? Do you have like, do you remember ooh. your first jobs back in Fergus? Oh yeah. Well, so I think my first actual job was 
Detailing cars at Nelson's Ford. Dude, I worked at Nelson Ford for a short <laughs> stint as well. What a great job. Just like oh, you yeah. go to the you go to the box, you get the you get the brand like you pick out which brand new car you want to go find and just like grab the keys and then go out to the lot and bring it over and I test drove a lot of cars. Oh yeah. It's right? like I'm gonna go fill this one up with gas and also maybe put an extra two miles on this car that has five miles on so it. It's a big parking lot. Yeah. It's a it's a big lot of cars. So what a great job. It was a fun job. I actually, this is, you know, maybe comes in later in the podcast, but I, part of me likes cleaning. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's getting in there, like the detail work. <laughs> um, so Nelson, what else did you do in Fergus? I was a handyman okay. for uh, the McFarlane family for a summer. I don't know if I know the McFarlands, but. They um, are also great community sponsors to a lot of different things, but they've given back quite a bit to um, youth hockey, things like that. Wonderful family. Awesome. Their their youngest son is in my brother's grade or oldest son, their only son. Um, yeah, wonderful family. I was a handyman for them, did a lot of lawn care, painting, insulating, all of the above. So where does your background in like production trace back to? Like were you one of the kids that was like making those videos like way back in the day when iMovie first came out camp before cameras were digital and all that stuff. Or when did you start getting into that? Yes. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of what I was talking about with like the Fergus was my playground. Um, I make things, you know, that was just always who I've been, who I, what I love doing. It wasn't always video. And uh, there were times when it was, Music. I mean, Aaron and I were in a bunch of different bands together. Um, Shout out some of the names of those bands. Let's dig back a little <laughs> bit. Well, most of them didn't have names. Yeah. Nice. The band with no name. But just playing, just playing in the basement, playing. but making our, up songs. Our most uh, acclaimed work was the Family. Mm-hmm. Was the name of the band? Who was, who was, was involved in that one? Uh, Jordan Tomerdahl was in it, and then. Uh, Lizzie did vocals for us quite often, but Mitchell was probably our most prominent, my younger brother, Mitch. Okay. Um, and then Alex Philippi was our was in there for a little while playing cello. I love it. So you guys both are very music. You guys both have a huge musical background. Um, Link, where did you, what you, what's your story? You're Aaron Link here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up in Fergus, born and raised. Um yeah, I literally just took advantage of the area growing up. Hunting, fishing, sports, the arts. It was, yeah, a great place. Um, yeah, first job was probably like Florida ceiling, just doing random odd jobs, uh, pick, going and picking up cabinets, mowing lawn, any little thing like that. So, um, yeah. What about college for you too? Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah after I graduated high you graduated, school. You graduated in 2008. Yep. You graduated, graduated in 2009. Together. There's a lot of other things about my youth I want to talk about. Okay. okay. All right. Well, let's not, let's, <laughs> let's not skip over it. Let's hear about your youth, man. So when I was seven, I'm just kidding. Um, we, could no, do this, I, we could do a whole Reed's personal background <laughs> for an hour probably. I would love to hear it actually. I graduated in 11. 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. So you, the first graduating class out of the... The remodeled new mm-hmm. high school, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I love it. So where did you go off to college though? Yeah. So after high school and the first 18 years of my life in Fergus growing up, it was all good. Uh, I went to the community college for the first two years uh, of college. And then I went on to a little school in Illinois, south of Chicago, Olivet Nazarene University where I finished school. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the school. Where, what did you, what did you go to school for? Funny you ask. Um, so I went for recreation and leisure studies, which is an actual degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. And, and if you think about it, like it literally is everywhere. I, I like to describe it as like, it's the, it's the job field for everything we do when we're not working. So like yeah. it's recreation, right? It's like 
golf course management, facility management, parks and recs departments, yeah. YMCA's. It's like all the stuff that everyone else is doing. I mean, when they're not working. You're preaching to the choir here. I have oh, a, I, know. I have a degree in ski area management, exactly. Which they just basically focused in on one little thing, but it's a similar. It's a similar thing. Like, it's, what can you do to just like enjoy life and work and, and intertwine enjoying life and work? And that's literally what I thought I was going to do. Like getting that degree, I was like, oh, I'm going to move out out west, go to the mountains, and run a ski resort or something, or like you know, go out and like run a YMCA out in the mountains or something like that. Yeah, I like it. So then, did you have? Did you take like? film classes or is this like a lot of the stuff is like self-taught kind mm-hmm. of, or how did that like come in educationally? Yeah. I think going back to like growing up, just like getting a little like handy cam, like one of those like old VHS cameras and making dumb little videos of like, I don't know, skateboarding or like hunting, yeah. little hunting clips. Um, yeah. And then just like, I think the, the media, like courses, not only in high school, but middle school too, was like a catalyst for, Yeah, I think a lot of us, um, just like getting into film and making videos and learning how to edit like in camera, doing like in camera edit tricks. Who um, was the, uh, who was the video? I can't, I wish I could remember the name of the video productions teacher. Do you guys remember carpenters? Carpenter, both of them. That's did right. It, yeah. The carpenters taught video production. Oh yeah. yeah. And we a, had Millard for like one semester. If you call it semesters, I forgot. But yeah. What a great uh, program! I'm sure that like lots of places around the country are doing that. But I feel like Fergus really was like with the times when it came to teaching, giving all of us kids an opportunity to to learn the fundamentals of that. I mean, I had an interview with uh, Mr. Thorsted who I think was my very first like video or he taught like computer stuff in general. But I remember that was like the first class. You guys probably have memories of Mr. Thorstead's class too in middle school making videos. Yeah. I mean, well, that's why I asked who does your little intro. It's like Mrs. Erickson. We had like a little video part of her class Mm -hmm. too, where we made a video or whatever. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for the teachers who can hang with young filmmakers because <laughs> it is not uh, not easy, right? Oh, my gosh. You give kids a camera and you tell them to walk the halls <laughs> and you just don't know what's going to come back. And Not to mention just, you got to watch a lot of bad little It's videos. so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I mean, w- watching kids write essays, I'm sure, is tough, too, at certain ages. But, man... A lot of patience there. So how about you? When did you get into, like, do you have the similar background as far as that goes when you were a kid? Like, what did you, you go to school for? Yeah, so um, while we're on, like, degrees that we want to force into our lives and find an explanation for why they work, uh, I went for communication research, and then I had a minor in creative writing. The creative writing, I think, has been directly correlated to what we do, but the research was... Uh, oh, you're right in the field of communication research, Hundred percent. I mean, I can write you a mad research paper. That's for dang sure. Um, No, that that was what I did. Uh, The video thing was always a hobby. I can even remember. This is funny. I'm thinking back to it. I remember as a kid making movies with my siblings, with our camcorder, and uh, and never being happy because the scenes never looked good enough. You know what I? They weren't. The set deck wasn't good enough. Like. Oh, we can't make this this fantasy movie where you're a princess. We don't have a castle, you know. Like I remember being upset that it wasn't good enough. Um, so yeah, since then, you know, made a lot of videos with the friends, a lot of little comedy shorts. Video productions was huge for me. Um, I just always, I mean, we grew up in the the golden days of video productions. I like to say because I did recently go back and was a guest in the class. Um, and, and gave a presentation to the class. And there wasn't oh. quite the fire back, I mean, nowadays as there was when we were there. There was so much uh, yeah. with Otter Update and things yeah. like that, right? I mean, there was the level was so high. We were just reaching for that next thing that could, yeah. you know, get the kids talking. And now, now I feel like the allure is kind of gone with video mm. as the generations all these kids are growing up with right. cameras that they can take video everyone's making tiktoks and everyone's doing like these these things so it's kind of like the allure of like having to pick up a, a device that's like its sole purpose is to make video and that's the only way that you can make video and now everyone has 
probably a nicer camera than we ever worked with in, in school. They probably have a nicer camera right in the, their pocket at all times. So it's kind of, I think that probably changed in time was just the allure and the access to film in general. But, uh, how about, um, anything else you guys want to add to personal backgrounds? Any other, any other stories you have about being a kid with film or anything like that? Or you guys want to get into the business? I mean, I I think, I think we would miss out on a a fun thing if we didn't talk about, you know, how Aaron and I creatively, collaboratively kind of grew up making things together. Yeah. And, uh, it was really music that sparked it, but a lot of times people, people would even outsiders would be like, you get these two in a room and something would, by the time they come out of the room, they'd have some song to show you all the way, almost finished and produced. You know what I mean? Like we would just make stuff, man. Yeah. And that was just a huge part of my creative journey as well. I hadn't really had a collaborator on the same level, you know, who was willing to put that work in. So I felt mm-hmm. like that was a huge part of my journey too. Yeah, and you mentioned like the the accessibility to like make stuff now, right? With like in your phone, like maybe like the allure isn't quite there. And I think it's like the exact opposite for us now is like the fact that someone can make a whole thing on their phone. It's like we want to do way more, you know, and like do way more because it like it takes so much more than just making a clip on your phone of Mm -hmm. something, you know. So. Yeah, and I think we always did like way more. Than maybe. Just go above and yeah, beyond. Yeah, we, we always went above and beyond. So after college, did you guys go, you guys were in different parts of the world. Kind of what, what path did you take after college then, Reed, to kind of before you met, like cross paths with Aaron again and decided to do this? Like what, what other things did you do? Where'd you go? Were you in Minneapolis the whole time after college? Or? I was a little bit everywhere. Um I was in the cities for a year, and then I went to Madison, uh, followed my now wife to Madison, and then I was in Winona, and then back to the cities. So, gotcha. But during that time, mostly I was just in love, so madly in love that whatever job I had didn't matter. So there was a lot of jobs in there that just didn't uh, matter. Hmm. But I was doing a lot of freelance work, so like outside of whatever my job was, I would do videos for other people, and they'd pay me. Gotcha. So um, after that, we moved to Winona my, right after we got married, and there was a job opening for a marketing agency out of Minneapolis, but they have an office in Winona as well. And I got hired on, and I was a one-man crew, shot it, edited it, did the sound, did everything all myself, and I was with them for a couple of years before uh, starting Thicket. So Okay, and mm-hmm. then after you decided that you weren't going to go out to Montana and run a YMCA. Right. What did you, what did you do with your life? <laughs> yeah, I took a complete 180 and I moved back to Ottertail County. I ran a restaurant for four and a half years. Um, so I did that. In the, Battle Lake. Right? In Battle Lake. The what was the name of that? What listeners was know. What was yeah, the name Lake of that? Lake Ave Cafe. Lake Ave Cafe. Yeah. Is that still operational out yep, there? It's still operating. Are you, so. are you a, did you sell out of that? Are you a part of that in um, some way? Or I'm at all? just a part of it just because it's connected to the family. Gotcha. Like I'm not really a part of it. Anymore. But it's like still a fa- if I'm back, it's still I'll kind still of a family thing, though. It's still in the family, yep, though. The family, the family runs that business. All right. um, yeah, so I did that for like four and a half years, maybe even five. Can't remember. It goes so fast. Um, and then my wife, now wife, got a job in. St. Paul because she is a nurse. So just a little bit better opportunity down there. Um, and then I moved to St. Paul and I should preface that like, I didn't just like jump into this, um, this space, like without any experience. Like I've always been a creative right. and a freelancer and like doing photography and graphic design and, what you know, it? shooting a- those bad AP videos. AP link photo or yeah, something. I've, yeah. I mean, I've, I, I kind of, hey, I've, I've always, I've always a, tracked, I've always tracked you, <laughs> the, the two of you both for as long as I've known you guys as very creatives. I'm not surprised that this, um, merit, this business marriage <laughs> has arisen between you guys because it absolutely like they, there's so many creative minds. I know that like, I don't, I haven't talked to Wade Underwood in years, but I know he's doing stuff too with, with yeah. music and production and all of the people that I saw from a very young age, like 
have gifts in this or like passions for this. It's really cool to see people as adults now making something out of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. Oh, I'm really, thanks. I really am. I'm really excited. Hey, I mean, you likewise, guys. you're doing it too. I mean, this is not an easy, an easy venture to just like, Hey, I want to try something out in this creative field. And right. it's really technical. And I think, I mean, just watching you set up here in 15 minutes, like we obviously see this every day in our job, but it's like, yeah, you're, you got to make sure everything's plugged in. Right. And you got the audio level set and it's like, it's technical and creative yeah. and, a huge jump and leap yeah. of faith pretty much to yeah. do something creative that you want to do. So. Well, so how did you guys, how did you guys then decide, connect and decide? Cause you were both down yeah. in the cities here and then where did this idea spark to do this? Yeah. So we were, I think we were just like jamming one day at a coffee shop or maybe even at my house. Um, and I we, think we jam everywhere. Yeah, we were jamming everywhere at all times, <laughs> <laughs> whether it was music or talking about life or, you know, and I think we were just kind of both like, like, what do we do? Like, do we want corporate jobs? Like, do we want to work for the man? I mean, we're always working for the man, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And I think we're just like, yeah, we could do this. Like we could, we can make something and we can do it better and we can, you know, had all these huge aspirations and dreams of what we could do. And it's like, why not? You know? And I don't really know what, what really sparked it other than like, we both just agreed, like, let's give it a shot. Well, I think, I don't know. yeah, what we did was, this was an interesting route thinking back to it, but I got in pretty close with the agency owner that I was working at the marketing agency. And we were like, let's pitch him to start a branch of the company and hire us and we'll hire a couple other team members. I was the only one working there, but I was like, hire Aaron, a couple other team members, and we'll uh, we'll create this production company and kind of like he can own it, but you know, we're in charge of it. So we actually created this pitch. We created like this, all these documents and pitched it to my previous boss. Like, hey, here's this company. And he said yes. He was like, "Wow, this is amazing. This you guys, you you guys will do this thing, and uh, it's going to make money, and it's gonna, it seems like such a great idea." And then a couple months went by, and a couple more months went by. All of a sudden, like he was moving really slow on his side of things, you know, yep. kicking us off, and uh, and then the idea started to tweak a little bit in in the direction of the way his company was already set up, and. Uh, I have a lot of appreciation for him and what he does with his business, which is mostly website building and brand building. But I just, I was so firm. We were so firm on our idea. It was like, no, you can't change it. Like, mm. And so eventually we were just like, now's the time. Let's take that idea and let's run with it. Um, I like that because it kind of, I'm just like thinking back to all the different advice that I've gotten from people in the at the end of these episodes when I get business advice. And one of them is you just have to do it and uh, one of one of the things that I'm realizing the most is you can't expect anyone else. If you have a passion and you have an idea for something, you cannot expect anyone else to be as passionate about your project as you are. So if like you may be pitching this idea to somebody else, like I'm sure he thought it was an awesome idea, thought it was a great idea. But at the end of the day, he has a whole business that he's passionate about that's right. running and that's his thing. And so it probably took just a little bit of time for you guys to realize that. Uh, yeah, no one's going to do this for us. This is going to be something that we have to do on our own. This is going to be a leap that we've got to make together, you know? So when, when did Thicket actually start? Did you start with the name Thicket? Oh yeah. Um, and so the, the full name is Thicket Film Company. Okay. Um, we started in June of 19. Okay. Yeah. And where does the name come from? Where's the branding of this come in? Do you want this or should I take this? Uh, I think we can both touch on it a little bit, <laughs> but I think the, the main goal of coming up with a name was like, we wanted something a little bit more like arbitrary or like, it doesn't have to do with like video production. Like we, we always made jokes. Like we don't want to be like performance video, Ex you know, like extreme, extreme video, video production or something <laughs> like that. Right. Like we wanted something that was like something that that's memorable and it's just like one word and um, we could maybe build a, a story around it. Right. And I think that's like mainly, you know, the, the biggest thing about building a brand is like that story element, but yeah. So the story then would be thicket 
a thicket stands for this conglomeration of ideas, right? It's like uh, there's thorns and there's bushes and there's trees and there's vines and it's just this, it's thick and it's dense and you have to pave your way through it. And by pave, I mean cut. Um, and so that's what thicket is. Thicket is the world of creative ideas and we're the ones who are going to create the path through it. And then our icon uh, or logo, I should say, is a jackalope. So it's yeah. like we're going into the thicket to find the jackalope. The mysterious, right. yeah, and there's like some mythological story, jackalope story elements. I love it. I love it. And then, it, yeah, if you strip the story, like the magical part away too, it's like the jackalope is a is kind of a cool story because it's an American story. We don't have a whole lot of American myths, huh. but it's an American myth. I didn't know that. Right, it's solely American, and it's just a rabbit with horns, which is hilarious, right? Like Americans, oh, we finally created our own myth, and it just has antlers. <laughs> and, but we've used that all the time, right? We're going to make your production, we're going to make your video, and we're going to throw a pair of antlers on it. Yeah. I love it. How about, so you mentioned then, I think probably looking back now, probably a blessing in disguise that this former employer, or this, this other um, company didn't get what you guys have. This is your guys's now. This is your thing. You you built it from the ground up and now you have it. So ownership structure wise is just the two of you. How are you guys structured? LLC, partnership? What is how does that work? I'm grabbing some coffee. You guys can talk here. Yeah. You know, you hit the nail on the head. We're an LLC partnership. Yeah. So um and which is I guess not always easy to navigate the structure no. piece. So I would say like for people going into it, I mean, LLC is always like the easiest one to see in front of you, but like we've, I don't know how much time we've spent just figuring out if this is the right structure for us now that we've like grown and that we've like continued to do business. Right. And especially in our field, that's is just like, you have no idea w whether some things are taxable and some things aren't taxable and talking about getting employees and then this and that. And it's just like, yeah, it's like a mess at all times. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's ever-evolving. You guys can it always it really you guys is. maybe incorporate someday. I don't really know. We're, we're moving to potential S-Corp. Yeah. Okay. That would be, potential. I think, the next gotcha. move. When we, were, we just hired our fourth team member. And so um, as, we, as we keep developing, I think that's just nice. It's the way we think about business. I think a lot of LLCs can just be people. Yeah. They, they view it almost, the, the taxes, they view it as if like it's just you. You know, right. um, but you do the S corp thing and it feels more like an entity. Yep. Now they're taxing the company and not you hmm. the full amount um, as an individual. So yeah, things like that. Yeah. As a, as somebody who runs a business spotlight podcast, I'm picking up on some of this stuff, but I really am not super educated <laughs> oh, on all this, on all these business structures and all the different ways to do it. But uh, I just like to ask that question and kind of give, yeah. the, give the people an idea of how you guys are structured yeah. as far as uh, location history we are i don't know if this is your guys's original location did you guys start out of just like your home like start in a start in a closet somewhere editing this stuff because a lot of the stuff you do is on site um you guys go on site and film for people and then you edit those and and a whole full spectrum production here but you guys started in just a closet i assume or something yeah well it's pretty crazy because we started the company like right before we even knew what COVID was. Oh. And so like we started it and it was actually worked out really well. Cause we did start it in our closet and like we were able to just like hunker down and like we had like a, a few jobs lined up and it like fed us through the whole like shutdown and everything. So like we were like, we got really lucky in that and sense. No, no money. Yeah. We had no money. So it's like, we didn't put any money into the company other than like, you know, creating your, LLC or whatever yep. it is and structuring everything and you know, your website fees and just little things like that. It's so like, we didn't have many, any overhead and we didn't have a building. You already so had, like, did you already have the equipment as far as the startup cost goes? You already had the equipment. Or? We had some equipment. Um, but yeah, essentially we were like set up to just like, you know, wait it out, which right. was, did you quit your jobs right away? Or did you have, you have, how, like, how long did you guys have to work side jobs and side gigs before this was something that you guys were doing full time? Reed quit his job right away. And I worked mm -hmm. part time for like four to five months or something like that. How does that, 
talk about how that leap of faith feels quitting your job and jumping into something that you have no money and very little idea. I mean, you have to just have full faith that it's going to be successful. You have to believe it is before it is, if you're going to quit your job and dive into something, but talk about that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, it's funny cause you, you already brought up this idea that you just have to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have always been able to do that. Yeah. I don't know why, but when the mindset going into thicket was now's the time, no kids, God bless our wives. Um, they're the ones you should ask that question to, um, <laughs> truly. But um, yeah, I just wanted to, right? I wanted to go all the way in. I knew that if we were going to do it, like I had to be building at all times. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and that's and that's what I did. And uh, I needed a break. I felt a little burnt out from my previous role. So I knew there was a part of me who had, I'd worked up a little nest egg enough to take a break. But I was like, my break might be this creative endeavor, this yeah. business endeavor, and just like going full steam. And it was, it was a weird how it was a break at the same time as feeling burnt out. Cause it's like, we were just every day creating, whether it was just like creating a company culture or creating, you know, business plan and, and some of that stuff that's not super fun, but it just all felt fun. So then how did the uh, location move from, working in a house how long did you guys work out of your house for before you got because we're downtown right downtown st paul here i was commenting on my way here how much anxiety i get (laughs) when i have to navigate myself as a as a country boy well fergus isn't really i never actually lived in like the country although i kind of did live out in the country a little bit but fergus is country right like you don't have Mm -hmm. you don't have crazy overpasses you don't have like busy intersections you don't have six lanes of traffic you have to try to navigate through to get to exits and all that stuff but you guys are right down here downtown st paul how long did you guys work out of the house before you were able to do this? Is this your first location outside of a home? Was it a year that we worked basically from home? It was right towards the end of the pandemic. Yeah. We were just coming out of it. And I think you looked at me and you were like, I'm going crazy. <laughs> I need a space. I can't work from my house anymore. And so this is really nice. It's artist subsidized. Um, so the rent wasn't super crazy. And, you know, we kind of fall into that artistic realm and, uh, yeah, we just made that big step. So how about, uh, the history of the services a little bit? What was your Mm. first project you guys landed (laughs) to get you started? Well, in our line of work and like where we wanted to go eventually and where we're still trying to go, like a lot of it is if you don't have the work or you don't like have the client or whatever you, you make it and it's called spec work. And we started out initially with doing spec work and we like invested a little bit of money into like creating those. Uh, how many did we do? We did three. Yeah. We did three specs, like spec ads essentially where it's like you front the money. It's like your investment into yourself and your company to like show the world what you can do and what you're capable of. It's really like a capabilities pitch to other people to be like, Oh, see, we did this now give us X amount of dollars and we'll make it, make it for you. Um, So we did three of those and that was like our first client really Mm -hmm. was ourselves. And so we made three uh, spec commercials um, for thicket. Yeah. For thicket, but for other people, right. It's like we reached out to people and be like, Hey, we want to shoot this spec. It's for our portfolio. You get a little kickback on the... It was free for them. Yeah, free for them. You know, like we did all the expenses. And then, yeah, you just have to have something to show people, right? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so that was the first three projects. And then the first paid project, which is just classic. We did uh, live sessions. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is that our first one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we did a musician, kind of singer-songwriter on a grand baby grand piano. And we shot... He had three songs he wanted to record, and we we did those dirt cheap. Now looking back, it's just uh, but it, musicians need it that way too. So that was fun. So yeah. so you guys do music production, commercials. What do you guys like? What's the bread and butter of the company here? Lots of commercials. Yeah, I mean, I I think we really enjoy the 30, 60 second broadcast commercial. You can all picture that, right? It's what you see on TV. 
we really enjoy that because a lot of times that's where we can push our uh, our genius, so to speak. Hmm. We can we can tell a story in sixty seconds, and it can be something where people watch it and be like, "Wow, that was maybe actually worth sixty seconds of my time," versus most of the commercials you see. But then we really enjoy documentary. We've done quite a bit of short form documentary. Um, yeah, and that's the majority. Those two are basically the majority of everything that we do. Man, I should be, I should be, I'm, I'm too broke for this, but I should be partnering up with you guys and making a documentary of what I've got going on on this oh, trip. Oh, yes, here. you should. I'm on, I'm on the beginning of quite the journey, and I feel like, I wish I could capture it because I I'm doing some podcasting and maybe a little bit of video along the way, but I don't, I'm not like big into that, but you guys do like what kind of doc, what's some of the documentaries you guys have worked on in the past. So two of our clients that we do the most doc work with are actually in Fergus. Um, Otter tail power has been, you know, just a wonderful partner to us for almost the entire length of the company, but we do a lot of their commercial work which is what people will probably see most often because that is on that is on television broadcast. But they do a lot of short docs about um, kind of the changes in their generation portfolio. So they, you know, when they created this wind field, we we went out and we filmed the the, the final product and talked with people. And so we've done a lot of short docs with them, which have been really fun trying to transcend this idea of them just being a power company and there really are, there's wonderful people behind it and there's wonderful, you know, this product they're giving. And then the second one would be... Real, what, sorry, I'll, I'll just interrupt you real quick. You guys got to get me hooked up with the people at Autotail <laughs> because I haven't had, I haven't found the, the proper contact for Autotail Power yet, but mm. somebody from Autotail has to sit down and do the Fergus Falls business spotlight because they like are the roots of Fergus. Nobody does business in Fergus Falls without Otter Tail Power, essentially. The, the town doesn't exist without them. Yeah. So I got to get some contact information from you guys before we get out of here. But what was the other one you were about to talk about? Um, we just have done a few documentaries for West Central Initiative. Okay. Um, so they are a nonprofit in town, yep. if you are familiar. Yep, I am. Um, and they obviously work with a, a kind of a nine-county region. But, uh, yeah, we've had a really fun working with them. Um, and we made some character character documentaries last year and we have uh some more we're working on right now i love it um we can talk more about products and services we'll kind of maybe get into some of that but i want to talk employees you mentioned there's you now have a couple employees besides you guys yep so we're actually just uh our fourth team member we're hiring on is actually an intern position you know we're, we're trying to trying to see where they fit before we um we're a pretty tight group right so the fit needs to be perfect as weird as that sounds, but yeah. we've got a really great candidate and, uh, and she starts tomorrow. So that'll Ooh, be really fun. Nice. Um, and, uh, and then we do have full-time producer, um, who is also a Fergus native. Who's that? Alexander. Okay. Zender works for you guys. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So he had a little more traditional path in the film world. He went to film school. He was an independent, uh, film, uh, well, I guess he took on a few different positions in the film world, but he was independent for a while, um, bouncing around to different sets. And he is just the producer uh, extraordinaire. So yeah. he produces, talk about your guys' roles within the company. What do you guys do? Yeah. yeah I uh, I guess I don't. we don't really have technical titles, but I'm kind of like the post-production Person. So like post-production supervisor. Um, and I also shoot some of our work as well. So like I'll, um, yeah, cinematography. Um, yeah, I basically work in the post-production though. So okay. like once we get all the footage captured on location, it then goes into post-production and it's everything from just like managing schedules and workflows and different contractors, whether we're using like an editor or a audio house that's whether we're recording um, or we're doing some, or they're doing some audio mixing. Um, yeah. Everything post. What does it say on your business card? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think it says like creative 
director, person? creative director. Oh. Okay, yeah. that sounds like that sounds like an official title for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, yeah. Aaron, Aaron is right in saying that. I think we just all do so yeah. many things. There's not really so a position. Um, we put founder on a last co-founder. Yeah, but yeah, you do. You, you won't talk yourself up, but all of our scores for our pieces are custom music, nice. um, which means we don't go on to the the music websites and just find some piece of stock and pay for the license. Aaron makes everything from scratch. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in the sound booth over there recording, playing all the music, dang, mixing it yeah. all together for so this stuff. Wow. Our clients get an original score every single time, just theirs. That's, um, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I know linker for here is music first and foremost. Like he was always just like really, really good at that. That's awesome. That's He's awesome un, that you guys do that. That's unstoppable crazy. mind for sounds. It's wow. crazy. And then you do the color work, yeah. which a lot of people don't realize the footage we take doesn't have that final look to it. It's raw data when we capture it. And so Aaron's the one who puts that final color to it. it makes the skin look like skin, makes the sky look like sky. Um, and you can obviously artistically have different looks too. So you do a lot of that. And uh, yeah, you shoot it. Um, you love the idea phase. We can't yeah. get past the idea. You have ideas coming out of everywhere. Idea, idea guy. Um, idea guy. And then Chief I, idea officer. And then I kind of compliment you. I feel like we, we don't really have never had the same roles. No. Um, but I'm a director. So uh, my bread and butter is hopefully, hopefully it is the creation of the story and the shots that it takes to capture that story. So I do all the planning, right? We're going to shoot this, this, and this. I want it to look like this, this, and this. And so uh, I'm directing the process. So Aaron has to listen to me a lot of times and do what I say, which is really tough. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, well, I think it's tough for both of us because, <laughs> I mean, and just like being a creative, it's really tough because you just like, you get a, so attached to what you're doing as yeah. a creative. Oh, yeah. And so then, and it goes both ways because Reed edits a lot or he's, you know, he's directing all of our stuff. And if, you know, one person has one thing to say, another person, another, another thing to say, it's like, you're so attached to this work and it's just like, oh. But in the end, like it always turns out to be better than like where it was left off at. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah. that's a huge part of the part of it too, is just pushing each other. Yeah. But so what's the, uh, just bringing on this one intern now for now, um, kind of taking it slow with employees. You obviously want the, you got the revenue has to come first before you can scale and build the operation. Do you, and we should say that, uh, we only have three employees going to be four now with an intern, but that, that's just like for the day-to-day stuff. Like right. most of the job, most of the job is in the office actually. And it's like just between the three of us. But when we have shoots, like we could bring on contractors. I mean, we, we've been on set with 20 plus people wow. that we're employing. Right. right. So, so independent crew members, independent crew members on locations, actors. Uh, yeah. Cinematographers. Right. Um, or a couple of great Fergus natives that we work with all the yeah. time, Caleb Rotering. Yeah, Caleb Rotering comes on uh, a lot to shoot so, stills. Yeah, he's so. one of our, probably our most regular contractor, comes yeah. on to shoot stills. We just did some sick time lapses with us. He does drone yeah. work. So yeah, we if we need, like Aaron's saying, like we need people to set up lights because the scene calls for so many lights. You know, we'll hire yeah. a gaffer and then we'll, he'll hire... Light gaffer groups. number one, light gaffer number one, we need you. <laughs> More from light gaffer number one. Exactly, dude. I love it, I no, love it. It gets deep. The yeah, roster dang. gets deep for the bigger stuff. So. Yeah. And that's, that's super fun. And, you know, it's like to build those teams and to... Oh, and those professionals are just yeah. a joy to work with. Yeah, dang. they're awesome to work with. Dang. Well, I, uh, I, I don't think I've seen any of your guys' stuff. I should have, like, done oh, a little man. bit of more research and, like, looked into this, but... Um, I know you guys are, are well on to something here. I mean, you guys are busy. You're, you're, you're staying busy now. Um, finally starting to get into like, it sounds like just talking to you before, finally starting to get into like being able to, to kind of support yourselves through this. So it's like, not just like a financially draining passion project, but this is something that's starting to take off as a business for you guys. So that's really, really awesome. Um, I commend you guys for being able to make something out of it. And, uh, it sounds like you guys, it's pretty limitless as to what you guys can do. I mean, you're willing to take on 
any project pretty much when it comes to film that someone wants to do, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think we qualify most of our projects by heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where we're both not businessmen that hard yeah. and, and and businessmen at the same time. But um, yeah, is the project what we want to be doing? Is the project going to give us the opportunity to say something about humanity? You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that can mean the budgets can change, the client can change. I think we firmly believe we can do any size commercial production. Um, mm. and sometimes that means doing really small size commercial production, but the heart's got to be there. There's some jobs. If someone came and said, this is the biggest budget we have and it's a huge number, but the project isn't there. It's yeah. not, not what we want to make and not also something that like we maybe aren't as strong at. Yeah, that too. And I think it's, yeah, I don't know. We're just knowing what you're good at, you know, and. Our content's sappy. That's how we try to make it. Yeah, you know? right. So, so where do you see this thing going? Like, what are some of the just kind of sticking with this bread and butter? Like, what do you guys see this? What are your hopes and aspirations for the future of this? What, what are some projects you guys are hoping to take on that you haven't yet? Do you want the business answer or the filmmaker answer? Both. Okay. Filmmaker answers to like shoot movies. We're making a movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. To like make. You're making a movie. Are you in the yeah, make movies? You, do you want to elaborate on that at all, or do you not want to really hint at any of that well, right now? Well, no, we're it's not. A dream. Like, that's the dream, right? Yep. Like that's yep. where we want to take it. That's yep. the filmmaker yep. answer. It's like we want to make you know feature length movies and yeah, actually you know tell stories where people sit down and watch it and laugh and cry and hopefully and, they laugh. And, and cry. I think a business yeah. challenge we we like to have it mixes that a little bit is like how can we get to a point where our revenue stream is high enough we can start to put some of that aside to just like be able to pay all of our employees salaries to write a script, to produce it and to have some budget to where we can like, how can we run this company efficiently enough to where we can make a feature film? That's a yeah. serious business conversation quite a bit. Hmm. But then I think on the business side of things, um, we're really hoping to like a lot of our aspirations are for a specific team size. Yeah. And we were like shooting for that perfect team that we know we can um, do these projects with and then just continue to find great clients mm -hmm. and, par and partner with people who love the content we do and uh, and then also whose brands we can, you know, take to that level I said, right, that have the heart, that want the kind of content we want to make. And so right now that's our search. We have a lot, we have a handful of great ones. We want a couple more handfuls. Yeah. And then we can build our team to the size we. How hope. about uh, how about upcoming events or promotions? Uh, I like to ask people. It's usually a local business thing. Like sometimes people yeah. will be like, "Yeah, come into Victor Lundin's or come into Biffley's, and you can have ten percent off or whatever." But like, do you guys have any like promotions for the people of Fergus Falls or events that you want to talk about? I don't know. If your events are kind of filmmaking. Do you guys go yeah. out and do like um, what like? film festivals do you guys get into any of that stuff do you guys go to like trade shows any of that stuff i don't know maybe not like events and stuff but maybe if you know people listening to the podcast who are like from the area who maybe are interested in like filmmaking or like being in on a production or something like reach out to us and come on and like be a pa or something on set mm. or come hang out when we're shooting and see what it's like. You I can guess. maybe be light gaffer number three. <laughs> Who knows? Come yeah. be light gaffer number three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. we've we've yeah, been we've know. been proud to when productions are in Fergus, hire in Fergus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I think right. especially. I mean, I went and did a class at the high school. Right. I went back to my alma mater, and we sat uh, with the video production students. But even that, you know, like if we were, I think anyone high school, whatever level yeah. you're at, you're like, I kind of, I kind of have this, this desire to be in film production. You know, that's yeah. something where we are actually hiring jobs when we bring on contractors in the area and, uh, and we're yeah, talent, like, uh, actors, like, like actors yeah. for like background talent, extras and stuff hmm. like, you know, a lot of, yeah, we've re we've connected with the center for the arts, a few other, other yeah. arts communities there. And it's like, Hey, we got a commercial. We need five, you know, actors for, and, yeah. uh, yeah, we've had some really wonderful people work with us from there. It's really, it's really fun. So I like it. Anything else you guys want to touch on about operations, personal background, business, anything before we get into some mistakes and advice here? 
You know, I, I'm super proud of the fact, this is something that, you know, we don't tell many people, but we, we bootstrapped. We yeah. did not take out a loan. You know, we, uh, I put in a couple grand, you put in a couple grand, and we just ate it. We just yeah. didn't make money for a year and a half. We legitimately made nothing. And then our salary slowly grew as the business grew, which is why we're, it probably sounds like we're taking things on slowly now. We're doing that same thing, right? We're trying to be organic about it. And we have taken on some loans since then, you know, vehicle loans, things like that, um, small business loans. But yeah, so that was kind of, that just speaks to both of our personalities. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was kind of a, it was a big part of the business to be able to just be like, we want to see this thing grow organically. And and I do a lot of the number stuff and Aaron, I look at Aaron and go, here's our new sales goal. And he'll look at me like I'm crazy. Hmm. And then we'll make it, right? We'll reach mm-hmm. that goal. And then the next year I, you know, double it or whatever. And Aaron's hmm. like, you're nuts. And then <laughs> we reach that goal. So it's been fun to see just that organic growth from, yeah. from zero to, we're not at a hundred. What are we at? Zero to 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about, uh, you guys, you guys have, uh, you guys have an assi- uh, an AI assistant. I've got my production assistant here that I do a lot of work with. You guys, you guys use the AI. You incorporate the incorporate the AI into your operations at all. I think we we kind of have our finger on the pulse. I think because you just have to being in the creative world and whatnot. So like we kind of know what's out there and what things what because that's what all the actors capable. that's what all the actors are striking about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody is like yeah. that's it, it's it's impacting yeah. every single industry completely right now. So oh, yeah. um, obviously like you're going to get into um, artificial intelligence generated film yeah. before yeah. too long. It's all going to be like write a prompt and yeah. it'll create this thing for you yeah. eventually. You and know? I mean like that stuff is are, is already happening and has already been happening in, in a sense of just like, just movies these days are just, they're shot on a blue screen, Copy and paste. you know? Sure. And it's just like a bunch of, you know, virtual effects and it's like something that's cool, I guess, but that's something that we've never been into. And so I think like we're, we're more interested in like the, the storytelling elements of old, which a lot of great films are and a lot of great films will continue to be. And same with commercials and stuff. It's like, nothing's going to be on location with real people telling a real story. And like, yeah, you'll get some great stuff for a cheap price with AI, but like you'll never get the same effect as like the first Lord of the Rings compared to like the new Hobbits, right? Just right. like way there is, worse. We're gonna run a cycle. This is my theory with with the AI. <laughs> we're gonna run a cycle where like people love it at first, and then you're gonna gravitate back towards that nostalgia of like, you know, like I think it's gonna take over the music industry, and then people mm. want people will want real music again, and then it's probably gonna disrupt the. It's going to disrupt every industry, and then people will kind of work their way back to the nostalgic aspects of like classic production. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's definitely going to be some uh, some bumps along the way with every industry in that field for sure. So yeah, I mean, uh, we won't. I, I think you have this opinion. People are very polarized about it. Aaron's right. We want to keep up with the trends. We want to make sure we're relevant, especially if it starts working into parts of production that makes sense. Yeah. But I just have, there's just a part of me that's like the one place humanity doesn't need artificial intelligence is arts. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, part that makes us uniquely human. And yeah. so not everything we do is art. You know, some of it is advertising. But I would say if you just want advertising, you're just in it for to make a commercial that is like somebody else, you don't come to us anyway. Yeah. Go get AI somewhere else. If you come to us, we're going to give you something uniquely human. Yeah original and i think uh i'd like to leave ai out of that process that's that's awesome that i like that i like that answer a lot um how about biggest mistake (laughs) biggest mistake along the way personal or business i mean sometimes personal mistakes are um very very prevalent to learning in life but biggest mistakes that you guys have made i think biggest mistake was also my greatest, cho- my, my best choice, but also <laughs> biggest mistake. Um, I think like just growing up in Fergus and having a great time and whatnot, I think like after graduating, thinking that the world is still so small and that there's only options like within three hours or four hours beyond 
Fergus for like school or going into something new. And I think it, like if I were to do it again, it'd be like, go, like go far away and experience a different culture or different place in the United States even. Um, Don't put yourself in a box. Yeah. There's like, there's thousands of schools out there and like everyone from small towns, it's like, oh, we're just going to go an hour down the road or three hours at most. And it's like, man, you could go and just get the great experience in a different place. Maybe it's on the East coast or West coast or down South or anywhere. And it's like, the school is going to be just as good. You're going to get very similar education and you're going to experience new things and meet new people. And nine times out of 10, you're just going to come back anyway, but at least we'll have that experience. And so how about biggest mistake for you, Reed? You know, I hope this doesn't sound uh, offensive to other business owners. I think there's a part of business owning um, that's really difficult. And I think, um, you ever heard the phrase, uh, it's not personal, it's just business. Mm. Right. And we're, we're creative entrepreneurs, which is a subset of entrepreneurship, I think, because um, there's a lot of paradoxical things going on between that. But I think my biggest mistake was getting caught in the requirements of the business and not remembering the human aspect of it. Um, and not that I didn't remember it. It's my favorite part of life is other people. But, um, man, it's so easy to get caught up in what the business requires of you from a, from a logistical standpoint. And I think I got to a point where I was being very robotic with my schedule, my to-dos, my, the way we viewed money. There's maybe some necessary evils in there, right? And I don't want to stomp on any business owners when I say that. I think there's a stereotypical way of viewing business that has a few of those roadblocks and snares built in. Mm. And I fell into them, biggest mistake by far, because now when we've been able to pick ourselves out of it, even from maybe a mental health standpoint and from a work-life balance standpoint, now I'm excited about a future that involves the messiness of humans, Mm. you know, and a business that involves the messiness of humans. Mm. And our work is creative. Our work is original. We should have every day in the office feel like a very organic, natural thing as well. And I don't have any real specifics to add to that, but I, I definitely want to just, you know, like say that I, I think that that isn't a necessary evil, but there's definitely was a little bit of, uh, difficulty mixed in there. So how about, uh, best business advice. I want to hear what you have to say, AP. (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay. Let me think how I want to say this. So I guess this is, this would be like in the context of entrepreneurship and like people who want to create something or do something. And I think you need, you need one of two things, unfortunately, and you need, okay. So one, the one thing would be like, you have to have like great intuition and ideas to like succeed. And I think I fall into that. I think I have great intuition. I have great ideas. Super handsome. (laughs) You gotta be really good looking. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. So it's like (laughs) literally like, most successful businesses in my, my very humble opinion fall in these categories. So are entrepreneurs, it's like, you have to have great ideas, right. And have like that intuition for like the good idea. And then, uh, or, or two, you have to just like be willing to do anything and work your tail off and like never stop and just like keep grinding until it works. And I think Reed has lot of those qualities. So like the two of us together, I think work really well in that sense. So like my advice would be if you're going into it, if you have had ideas in the past that didn't work, work out, maybe you should try to just work hard and be the work hard person and not, you know, not be the idea person, find someone else with the ideas mm-hmm. and vice versa. If you're the, like the idea person, maybe like you have all these great ideas, like 
find people in your corner that are just like really good at the X's and O's and like are really good at just like getting, getting down and dirty and like grinding. And I think, yeah, that'd be my advice. I love it. Reed, what do you got in that brain of yours? Yeah, no, there's a lot of things that, uh, a lot of factors, uh, that go into starting a business and you can do it so many different ways. And obviously we talked about just us bootstrapping it, but I think there's one thing that you always have to have and that is this delusional sense of go. And you just kind of referenced it a little bit, Aaron, but like I've had people, ever since we started the business, I've had friends or family or different people come to me and like, oh, I have this idea, like I kind of want to do, I kind of want to do my own thing too. And I cannot express with enough like uh, f- emphasis that you have to just go. Mm-hmm. You cannot listen to anybody yeah. <laughs> who's going to stop you. You know, if someone says there's this hurdle, like if you get discouraged, like you don't have a choice. You just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. I can't emphasize this more. Like it's just, yeah. to me, it's like 60 hours, 70 hours. It sounds crazy, but you you quit your 40 hour a week job so you don't have to work 40 hours a week so you can work 70. You know, like people <laughs> say that all the time. But no, uh, that's what we did. And we just went and went and there was, I don't know, like it feels like every six months we look at each other and we're like, well, the money's going to run dry in a few months, so I guess we're done, you know? But you just keep going. You have to find that job. You have to do that thing. You have to, you know, work on, Aaron and I have had to work on our relationship, right? I said mm, I married. I bet. I said I married to him. I'm business not even partnerships kidding. are hard. The dynamic of business partnerships is really, really hard. The whole damn <clears throat> thing is hard is yep. what I'm trying to say. Yep. And, uh, and you really just have to look in the mirror. And I think ideas are a big part of it, like Aaron said. But I, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go full time. I'm going to do this thing. You don't necessarily have to do that. But you just, you go. Yep. You can't stop. Because you will talk yourself out of it. 100%. 100%. You're going you're gonna to mm. talk yourself out of it in oh, yeah. entrepreneurship and business. <laughs> yeah. And the way you're going to talk yourself out of it is by like, you're talking about those road bumps and those speed bumps and those are just going to compound you and be like, oh shit, I can't do this. Yeah. But like, you know, you literally, you got to just do it and like you, you pass the roadblock like, you know, way back and you're like, oh wait, I actually have to do that. <laughs> that thing. Yeah. So you just kind of push through and then you like make up for it later once you figure out that you need to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's quarter crisis. It's not even a quarter life crisis. It's every quarter of the business crisis. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. You just have to keep going every three months. It seems like something wants to derail you. Yeah. Some factor, especially when you're trying to do something big, Mm. you know, like you guys are trying, you guys aren't trying to do something small. You guys are trying to do something really big with this. And it's like you, when you have high aspirations, especially, you have to ignore the noise. You have to ignore all the things that are going to come up that, because there's going to be more things that tell you you can't than things that tell you you can along the way. So absolutely, you got to be willing to just stay hyper-focused and work through absolutely anything that comes up. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for the future for you guys, man. I'm really excited to see where this thing goes. And Thank I'm, you. Yeah. I'm excited to be a part of sharing your story with the people in our community and whoever else comes across this and hears it. Um, so yeah, yeah. I appreciate you guys sitting down, but how can the people uh, get a hold of thicket film company if they want your services? Yeah. Um, the social platforms, I guess really only Instagram for social platforms, thicket film co uh, but Link, I would say LinkedIn would LinkedIn, be our main thing. Our website, yeah, our thicketfilmco.com. Thicketco.com. Thicketfilmco.com. All right. I'll get that in the episode description. So that's a nice, quick, easy link. Yeah. No pun yeah. intended to Mr. Link over here. But yeah. yeah. We got yeah. the Google profile. Hop on there. It'll yeah. get calls directly from there. Whatever. You I know, need like, to get on LinkedIn. I'm a business spotlight podcast. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, not on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I don't know what my problem is. I mean, it's... Do they do the shorts on LinkedIn? Do it's they do awesome. Little, do they do like you can do whatever you want. It's huge. It's maybe big I'll, for maybe business I'll, owners. Maybe yeah. I'll get this one up on LinkedIn and share this. You guys can oh. share this one on LinkedIn. But, I'd love that. Um, anything else you guys want to add here on the way out at all before we get off? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. To any of the creatives out there, just yeah. keep making stuff. Mm. Just keep yeah. making stuff. Also, a uh, little quick plug. 
I know I mentioned Caleb Rotering. Um, he's a Fergus Falls native, and he yeah. just started his own little creative media company in Fergus. Uh, we've hired him quite a bit to do uh, photo work and things like that, but he's just wildly creative. He's got a very similar mindset to us. Yeah. Um, we are We do a lot of big stuff. We do. Not a lot of people need what we do on a small business level. You know, we work yeah. with a lot of medium to large size businesses. If you do need something and you don't need something this big, Caleb Rotering, Fergus Falls native, just yeah. wildly creative. So I got to get him on then. Yeah. That would be Because awesome. he's, he's local to Fergus. So yep. like small businesses in Fergus aren't going to probably have it in their budget maybe to work with you guys on, on something. But if you guys need just like a little quick promotion to run on your social media or something, he's the guy to talk to. Huh? Yeah. I mean, awesome. we will be honest about the fit we would be for you if you did give us a call. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a great chance that he is the fit for you. So Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Nice little plug there. Well, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you coming on so much. Um, appreciate these sponsors. Stumbino's Coffee, delicious. Swan Lake Resort and Campground, Elevate Dispensary, uh, Victor Lundin's Company, Hotel 8, and Biffley's. You guys make this show happen. So uh, if you guys need to get a hold of me, ffbspodcast at gmail.com is the way to do it. Enjoy your uh, afternoon, evening, morning, whatever you got going on, guys. Mm-hmm.